This is an Area Code podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Richard Clark, and you're listening to Video Game Feelings, a podcast about the way video games make us feel and the people who make them. Today on the show, M. Joshua Collar. He crafts video game trailers for Devolver Digital. We talk about his complicated feelings about video game hype and how grief can make getting excited about playing a video game seem nearly impossible. show we have an old friend of mine a guy i first met back in the days when we were all fooling ourselves into thinking we would be video game reporters when we grew up or at least i was i was 30 years old and i had at that point played video games my entire life and that life was now severely off track i was going through a divorce and questioning what i previously termed a call to ministry i'm not sure you can generate any more hype than by saying your life's ambition was ordained by god himself but Here I was, finally forced to question that assumption, and it was video games, um, their distraction, their escapism, and, and their promise that kept me excited for the future. Basically, I moved from one form of hype to the other, and I'd inevitably be disappointed by that one too. I don't know if you know this, but writing about video games just doesn't pay very well, and you're lucky enough just to make a living doing it. It also comes with a bunch of downsides that I hadn't really considered. For me, as misleading as that hype might have been in the moment, it served an important function. It it kept me going in a really dark time, and it kept me trying new things. So I wanted to talk to Josh about whether he viewed hype this way. Did did he consider hype to be a positive force in the world or or something else entirely? But does that sound sound better? I think that's good. Okay. This is Video Game Feelings, right? Like, the name of the show is Video Game Feelings. So I want to start off with a a question that's really centered around that idea. What you've been playing, and how has that game made you feel? Ooh, oh, man. Uh, So with me, I'm always playing too many things. Uh, Yeah, same. You know me from... Uh, yeah. years ago when we would do end of the year game podcasts and uh, we oh, would those o- were so good and, and so fun oh, man, those those were my highlights for so long and I'd always like yeah. I'd always play like my like I compulsively since then I've always compulsive like 2013 I've compulsively played kind of everything that I have been remotely interested in every year so um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah right now uh, I'm gonna focus on the one that has given me the strongest feelings and that is Sifu um <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know this name. I know the name of this game, but I know nothing about it. I'm going to oh, search for it right now. Just yeah, so I yeah, yeah. Context. I'm, I'm going to try to frame all of this for you uh, in the simplest possible context. Uh, so, every like a sifu, the word means uh, master in the kung fu tradition. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it means that this this is a person who is is an ultimate master of kung fu and fascinatingly we haven't had a lot of kung fu video games like of of all of all video games like i can't think of any except for two where the primary language is literally kung fu um Mm. but in this case it is uh from the from slow clap they previously made uh absolver with devolver 
uh, with my team before I was with them. And they just really, really honed in on really good feeling third person melee combat. And so a little bit along the lines of what you would see in Dark Souls, but way faster, way more kinetic. And when they got to Sifu, they really honed in on uh, what looks like to you first impression is like you are Jet Li in an action movie, except mm-hmm. that's a lie. <laughs> uh-huh, um, uh-huh. You are not Jet Li. Uh, you are not Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. Uh, you are uh, going to get your butt handed to you a lot. Uh, the biggest thing that they did in this game is it's they, they were inspired by the film Old Boy, uh, which was a 2005 uh, Korean film, I believe, um, in which uh, every time the main character and, and both, both Sifu and in that movie, I believe the main character, uh, when they fall in combat, they rapidly age and then yeah. continue the fight. And in the game, when you fall and die, there's an incremental meter. So if you die once... Uh, you age one year. If you die a second time before your meter gets uh, reset, you uh, age two more years, and that can go mm. a lot. So by the time that you reach uh, the age of uh, being in your seventies, and then you get and then you die, it's it's truly game over. And this creates sort of like a strange roguelike feel, where like the levels are really long, like like each level is like a half an hour long. And if yeah. you get to the end boss, uh, it gets to be this really desperate fight for survival. It's very, very, very good kinetic huh. action, but it's so frustrating. I've played it for hours and hours and hours, and I just barely, barely beat the second level. So you said you have a lot of feelings around this game. Like, what's the primary one for you? Uh, oh, man. Uh, the primary feeling in this one is, like, plugged in, jacked in, hyped up, and oh, frustrated. <laughs> I find myself swearing a lot more than I usually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are two very distinct emotions. Plugged in, jacked up, hyped up, like, and then frustrated. Yeah. In a way, they're distinct, but they're also very much tied together, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's entirely about that rise and release of, of the feeling um, and or the lack of satisfying release. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay. So what you just said is going to be a theme in this interview. I guarantee yeah, you because yeah, yeah. I'm so excited you brought up the word hype because that is a subject we're going to talk about. You make trailers mm-hmm. for a living, video game trailers for a living. And I think something that defines video games is this idea of hype. But what I wasn't anticipating was that maybe we could also talk about this feeling of frustration that happens when hype is dashed, right? Yeah. Yeah, but hype, this hype, idea of yeah. hype looking forward to something with such intense intensity, yeah. and then like this idea of like that hype is not fulfilled. I'm curious about this question of hype for you in the past. Sure. As a as a kid growing up, or as someone who's just getting into video games, what got you excited or hyped up for video games? Literally um, just ninjas and robots. Anything with ninjas and robots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you've got to think these days mm-hmm. that a lot of kids or uh, or new to games people are 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 getting excited about games because of trailers that they're oh, yeah, yeah. they're sort of watching the game awards, which is just like the trailer show or they're watching uh, YouTube and they're they're watching trailers and deciding whether or not they're going to get excited about something. Oh, but yeah. 
I think when I mean you you played games as a kid, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So we're the same age. When we were growing up, we did not have video game trailers. This is something that occurred to me as I was thinking about this interview. Video game trailers are relatively new. Um, what what was it that you that 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 got you excited? That hyped you up for an upcoming video game when you were a kid? The box. Uh, the box of the box. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that's like, so good. Ima- like everyone, yeah. everyone who's listening to this, imagine the Mario Three box. Mm. Yeah. That yellow with a big tight with Mario like jumping on the cover. Uh, I think he has his Tanuki suit. Like that is mm-hmm. to me something that was like, okay, I want to see what's on the back of that. So back in the eighties, the, the the trailer was the back of the box. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if yeah. you were to read the back of the the Mario three box, the 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 language on it is practically gibberish. Like it's like, uh, welcome to a brand new adventure with. Your favorite plumber who can jump on top of his enemies and don a special suit. And, you know, like, it goes from world to world. And, like, as they're saying all these words, they don't actually have that much actual impact. What you're looking at is the screen grabs. Maybe the description of the screen grabs. Maybe the number of players on the box. That would often be a place where you would be significantly misled, too. Like, the box would. Oh, yeah, yeah. The front covers were, were, I think, notorious for giving you the wrong (laughs) impression about what you were about to play. Yeah, it was it was um, it was hard because it was all it was all like like illustrators who are articulating, especially because it was was eight bit days, you know, like the the actual graphics. Yeah. You you have to use your imagination, and you know, for for Contra's Contra is one of those rare games that also got the cover right. You have the the two gun toting dudes with the giant muscles and the bandanas and a bunch of aliens running behind them, like explosions everywhere. That 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 was that game. That's why we loved it. Pretty accurate, yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, like when you when you saw something, uh, I, I can't think of a really good example at the moment. But like, um, it's, it it was disappointing when when you would get the box and and it wouldn't be that that uh, that sense of, of of excitement and joy or. Or something that was really strange, like the the cover of uh, the original Mega Man, where it doesn't even look like Mega Man in the game at all. <laughs> and and made worse by the fact that there was no Game Pass, so there wasn't a lot of trying things. Yeah. I mean, at best, you were renting. Like that was the right. best case scenario. You were renting yeah, yeah. a game, but a lot too often we would spend whatever it was fifty dollars, I guess, back <laughs> in the day on. Uh, Our parents a, would, a game yeah. That was trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and or if, if if you were you or me, we were we were picking out. Just loose uh, game packs from a, uh, a cardboard box at a yard sale, um, and you're like, "Oh, this one yeah. has angels in it. I'll try that one." Uh-huh. <laughs> Can we talk though about? I've I've thought about this a lot. That feeling that used to happen, where you would convince yourself you were gonna you were gonna love a game, mm-hmm. and so you oh, ask yeah, for yeah. it for Christmas, yeah. right? So your your parents would buy you that game. And an example I have is. <laughs> Almost any 32X game. I had a 32X, <laughs> uh, which was that weird add-on to the Sega Genesis that oh, was man, supposed I to have make that it too, 32-bit. Yeah. Um, and I think I got Cosmic Carnage for oh, that wow. game. That game sounds and amazing. It sounded amazing, exactly. <laughs> it was trash. It was a bad game. But y- y- the thing that every kid did was convince themselves. Oh, yeah. Right? So the hype, oh, the hype carries on <laughs> well past when you've played the game. There is no real solid concrete moment of disappointment i feel like as a kid yeah 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 i mean yeah i I remember that very explicitly when uh bomberman hero came out on the nintendo 64 i was like i was like so Mm. convinced that this this video game was the 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 end-all be-all of third person uh or, or like like uh 
Mario 64 style game, but you're a bomber man. And no, it just was, it was, it was not good. When I think about those, those circumstances, I wonder if that's a kid feeling or if that's a human feeling. I'm not actually totally sure. It's hard for me to think of a time I've bought something and it was trash and I didn't. It's, it's all about investment. It it really is about investment. I mean, especially in, in today's day and age where we're getting, where when we have game pass and you have like dozens of $60 games and you're like, Oh, I'll Mm -hmm. try this. And you know, sure. Four is a five will download for a whole day because it's a hundred gigs. And then I try it for eight minutes and I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't really like racing games. It's beautiful, it's fun, it's good, but I don't right. really I'm not going to play this. And we can we can do that, but it's a lot different when you're like, "Wow, I I really want to play this game and uh, you know, like this Friday, I've I've already fully paid for Horizon uh, Forbidden West and mm-hmm. it's not getting bad reviews at all. You know, it's it's in the the 80s and 90s. Um so yeah. I expect it to be exactly what I anticipate. Um but there's a little part of me that I'm like, you know, I wanted, I want, but I wanted this to be a, a like ten out of ten game. I wanted it to have like uh-huh. a revolutionary yeah. something or another. I <laughs> yeah. want, I wanted this to be the PS5 game that justifies me spending five hundred dollars and punching that old lady so I could get a PS5. You know, like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, that unique video game feeling of justifying the punching of old ladies. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, the the. <laughs> I I have uh, same weekend. Uh, Dying Light Two has just come out, and I that is a game. So Dying Light, I just loved. There was something about the atmosphere and like the combination of combat and parkour. Oh yeah, Mirror's Edge style parkour that I just was really into. I'm a Game Pass dude, so I'm I have my hands full with video games. Like I'm not running around buying video games anymore. <laughs> I'm just paying fifteen dollars at Microsoft. Sure and. This was a time where I spent $60. I haven't done that in like at least a year is buy a, vi- a video game for $60. And I'm right on the precipice of trying to figure out if I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> did you, know you, did you get a physical copy I, or did you buy it for PC? No, no, no. I have a S. I have a Series okay. S, so I get nothing physical, yeah. um, which is fine with me. Sure, I don't sure. have an interest in, in, in doing that. But there is that that moment of like... You really have to wrestle. I think what the difference between adulthood and childhood is actively wrestling with that question, like consciously. With, whereas childhood is like convincing yourself. You're, you're, all of your mental power goes towards convincing yourself this is a good game. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have the income to do anything else. And, you know what I and mean? it's and it's also yeah, you don't have the income and you also don't have the uh the dad life, the dad responsibilities, the uh yeah. the obligation yeah. to be uh in bed by a time that doesn't make you feel like trash tomorrow. Um uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> the uh I, I and I can say that confidently because I stayed up way too late last night playing Dying Light 2. I was like, I, I, I am gonna to go that. and I'm gonna meet Rosario Dawson and I'm gonna get my glider. <laughs> And that's all I want out of this game. Like, I'll, yeah. heck, I could return it on Friday and pay off the last fifteen dollars that I owe on on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. But no, 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 no. I need that's... I needed that glider, and I needed to hang yeah. out with Rosario Dawson. That's what I needed, I, for sure. <laughs> so, okay, so you grew up to become a guy who made trailers for video games. That's like probably would have been your dream career of some sort yeah. when you were a kid. But but you couldn't have envision, envisioned it because no, no. that wasn't a thing. <laughs> What was the thing that maybe you were attracted to? Like, what was there some seed that was being sown for this 
eventual career? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. Um, I'd say, like, uh, when I was eight years old, I played Mega Man 2, and I was like, ooh, I want to make this stuff. And I started, like, drawing and designing my own video games, and I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be a video game designer. And I went to... uh, I thought that I was going to go to, like, DigiPen. I learned all about DigiPen. I was like, I'm going to learn Japanese. And then it turned out that, like, I really hate school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I yeah. did very yes. bad. Same. And I did, I, I, I like, like, DigiPen is like, if you weren't a, a valedictorian and like really good at math, well, forget about it. Uh, so I kind of forgot about it for a little bit and I went to a, a kind of like a, not the first choice art school um, and learned how to do multimedia design and uh, just kind of like lived local. Like, I'm going to make local TV commercials and do some local whatever. Um, also gotten web stuff, um, and kind of just tried to find my way through, uh, a digital art career of interactive design. And that just fumbled around for about a decade. And then I was uh-huh. like, all right, uh, uh, okay. So, uh, after another, you know, another unemployment, I was like, what do I want to be when I grew up? And then I was like, <laughs> Wait, what age were you when you asked this question? Uh, 30, 30, yeah, 32. That feels right. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm relating to a lot of your story right now. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so what do I want to be when I grow up? And I was like, well, there's a guy, there's a guy that I, I, I've seen his stuff online. His name's Kurt Gartner, and he was making indie game trailers. And he, like, made trailers for games that I really, really liked. Um, and, and they were, and even trailers for games that I, I wasn't the biggest fan of, but the trailer was amazing. Like, like uh, Offspring Fling, the trailer of that game was like, I want to make game trailers and so i i reached out to kurt and i was like you know like do you have any advice for me and i was just like uh we had we had enough savings that i was able to just like try it out for a bit uh like studying how how games are made um studying playing games and games journalism at 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 a broad sense i was like all right i know dozens of game developers now so i was like all right i'm gonna reach out to these guys and ask if i can just like work with them to, to co-create a, a trailer or two. And I, I reached out to uh, Ryan Green for that mm-hmm. Dragon Cancer. And I was like, hey, your game's coming soon. Can I make a trailer for you? Dead silence, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he gets back to me uh, like three, four months later. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, what, what do you... What, do you, you we saw that you've you've actually like completed some projects now, and <laughs> <laughs> right. you're not you're not just a random guy. Yeah, not just some random guy. And we we've been in and you know we've been in, in in conversation before then, but it was like they didn't sure, see anything yeah. that I'd actually created, so they could see that I could that's right. I could take a game that had a lot of like nuance to it, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and convey its story with with a lot of humanity, and that was. Uh, I'd say that that was that was by far the biggest breakout game trailer that I did. Um, yeah. Even though there were some others that I thought that were really good, but you know just, that was like the second or third actually paid trailer that I did. I, yeah. I watched that trailer um, preparing for this interview, and we'll link it in the show notes. But like one of the things that stands out about that trailer, you know, we're talking about hype, which I think is like a maybe a more trivial version of hope. That trailer feels hopeful. Mm-hmm. It does make you want to cry. Mm-hmm. But that trailer, I remember Ryan saying over and over when that game came out. I don't if people don't know that Dragon Cancer is a, a is a a video game about a child who has cancer and eventually dies of cancer. Mm-hmm. And um 
But what Ryan Green will tell you is that that game is about his son. It's not about cancer. It's not about death. It's about his son yeah. and his life, right? And his joy. And you really did that in the trailer. Like, yeah. that trailer really, really, like, says that. And there's something about the focus on that hope that struck, stuck out to me, you know, mm -hmm. in the trailer. I mean, was that conscious in your mind as you as you were working on every that? step of the way my my entire goal with the trailer was like I, I everyone's going into this with the assumption this is going to be the most depressing game ever made and <laughs> yeah. I, I i wanted to offset that with the joy of joel's life and we framed mm -hmm. it literally around what are the things that joel loves what does joel love wawa in cups, bathtubs, and the warm, wet tongues and the cool fur of Das. And maybe the sweet was a daily affection. Hearing him laugh was kind of like absolutely essential. Oh, I love the giggle. But at, at its core, that was always that was always my thing. It's like, I don't want people to watch this and cry. <laughs> I want them to watch this and, okay, maybe they're still gonna cry, but it's not gonna be tears of sadness. It's gonna be tears of, like, life lived. That trailer is such an interesting first one to do, yeah. or at least first one to sort of blow up. Yeah. And, and the reason is, it's not a trailer that's telling you why you're excited to play the game. Yeah. It's a trailer that's trying to convince someone that it's not going to be what they think it is in yeah. a way. It is definitely going uphill. It's it's walking uphill in terms of how hard, how hard the feat is you're trying to sure. accomplish. But so many tra video game trailers are like Assassin's Creed 4, more stuff from Assassin's Creed, but this time with this. Yeah. Um, and I feel like actually this is probably true of many of your trailers because they're indie mm -hmm. trailers where it's like you are saying you may think it's this, but actually it's this. Or you're saying here's this thing you never heard of. Loop here is a, an interesting example, mm -hmm. right? Where you, you did a trailer for Loop I did. Here, I did right? the first announcement for it, yeah. So I had to figure out like okay. how do how do we – how do we How introduce do the, the entire concept of what this is to people who no, have no idea when right. uh, articulating the actual mechanics of engagement are very uh, hands-off, I think is the right word for it. Not entirely hands-off, but like a lot of what you're doing is um, having more of a, a top-level perspective than the, the minutia of, like you don't control combat in the game, for example. Um, yeah. And and a lot of, a lot of things like that. So for for me, I want to represent the player's experience. I want to represent what someone is going to feel as they play the game, and make sure that that's what comes through. Even if like they don't understand what the core mechanics are, I want them to have the the Power Rangers experience as a kid, where you like watch Power Rangers and you're like, I can do karate now. You can't. You mm -hmm. really can't. But you feel like you can. Um, yeah. And I want yeah. I wanted everyone to have that with because uh, indie games generally are very very hard to explain and Loop Hero is a prime example of that and I think that we did the very very best job I was glad that I didn't do all the trailers for it so I could see what would happen when uh, spoilers for somebody who did who didn't already know this but I, I work with Kurt Gartner now um, and Kurt did uh, a bunch of the other trailers for Loop Hero and it was fun to see him. Uh, instead of trying to solve the problem that I was trying to solve, which is like, what does it feel like to play this game? Is like, 
no, we're not going to do that. We're going to show like what what is the like the cool factor feeling uh, of huh. of this game at large, and like uh, enjoying the the style and the charm and the finesse of it versus um, trying to explain what you do in the game because that's just it's just you're going to spend a lot of effort and people are still not going to get it. Do you feel like one way is better than the other typically, or does it vary from game to game? It's it's, it's all about compliments. If someone were to, you know, meet me, they wouldn't experience what my family is like, you know? Um, yeah. And so you want them to have the whole the whole community gathering around to, to flavor the different facets of what makes it what it is. Um, and there, there are times that, like, uh, like, a, like a game that I, I did pretty much all of, almost all of our trailers for was, uh, was Inscription. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. that was one where it was a little bit different because... I felt like uh, representing that with different angles and different flavors was uh, was something that was sort of in the in in the bones of that game. Like the sense of what it is 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 always shifting. So you're you you you're kind of by default showing different aspects of it. Whereas things like Weird West, um, I, it's been really great for for Kurt to flesh out a lot of the motion graphics for that, and while I focus on more of the gameplay and. Inscription is an interesting one too because it feel it seems to me like like you can't you're not allowed to talk about that game really like it, it sort of ruins the game if you, the surprise factor is a big piece there and mm-hmm. and in 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 that case like all you can really do, do is is the feeling piece like you you don't want to say but it changes like to I'm giving away but like it changes at some point I haven't played yeah. it but I know enough to know that it changes significantly throughout and mm-hmm. it's better if people don't maybe necessarily know that and conveying just the feeling of being off center and like the weirdness of mm-hmm. this game. And like, I remember watching that trailer and being like, I love trading card type deck building games. I would play that, but also being like, but it looks like a really unique, weird version of that, mm-hmm. which has me more interested, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, and that's always the concern is like, especially considering like every everywhere you turn around in the game, there's there's another spoiler, um, and so the question was, uh, and then the main concern for me, like I literally like when I started that project, I just went back and played through all of Daniel Mullen's other games, um, and then played through <laughs> the entirety of the full game like a couple times, and like really really tried to understand the the nuance of the of of implications uh, versus uh, ex- anything explicit. So trying to even though I still still do think that the best advice that you can give anybody for that is don't watch the trailers, just go in cold. Yeah, don't watch mm-hmm, don't watch mm-hmm. all five of the the trailers that I've done for the game. Just just don't. <laughs> I, I I had a question to ask you sure. about the process where I was going to ask: Do you watch a video? Do they give you video? Do they tell you what they want, or do you do you have to play through the entire game? It didn't occur to me to write the question do you play the entire game and all of the other games that that developer has made i mean how often is that the process uh very 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 rarely like i can't think of another time that i've done that but i think that with uh the style and the uniqueness of how daniel makes his games and how Mm -hmm. i I don't i don't want to say expanded universe but uh that kind of idea Mm -hmm. of like there's Mm -hmm. something that is happening with the implications of 
what's being said at a larger scale. Mm -hmm. For me, generally, though, like, it depends entirely on the game. Like, I'm still a little bit terrible at adventure games. And if there's a lot of puzzles to them, I might not get super far. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Yeah. Um, But I uh, am more likely to play through something if there's robots or ninjas. (laughs) (laughs) So it's if it's fun, in other words, if you're really into it. It's it's more about the core core, core player verbs and the core kinds of interactions. You know, like literally every game that I've ever been given the opportunity to work on where there's ninjas or robots, I've, I've played through the game entirely. Um, and and that's that's more about like how that translates into game exactly exactly and that and that's yeah. that's the core that's what matters to me the most is um, like I'm I'm a hyper empath which makes it really easy for me to make game trailers in a sense mm. because like when I when I start making the game uh, the the trailers like I try to fully enter my my whole heart and whole whole dang self into it and fully feel what the what the creators are making with the game that's really what matters is trying to make sure that you have that full sense of what is the spirit what is the vibe what what is what what are they after with the themes like and yeah. to make sure that you're always uh it's you're, you're always skirting anything too explicit and trying to trust your viewers with implications i've gone so long through this interview sort of saying the word hype over and over and using it as a thematic driver for the interview it I, what i want to do now is ask you how you feel about that so <laughs> like i i think hype is this thing that people have a complicated mm-hmm. reaction to it feels like people enjoy it it's from my vantage point it feels like people do enjoy feeling it and yet there is a sort of cynicism around mm-hmm. it oh, right sure. and 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 there's definitely like a negative connotation sometimes around the concept of hype and i'm curious if you if you feel that negativity yourself if you if you struggle with that word did you cringe when i said it um yeah what is your relationship to hype i uh i don't like hype i do like huh? excitement and anticipation but hype mm-hmm. to me uh I mean, to be a player of video games is to is to experience the disappointments of hype. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like even a game where everything perfectly pays off. Like today, just a few hours ago, uh, this will this will date when we're recording this, but uh, the they just revealed the full update of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. It's it's the one point five update. So now when you play it on a new console, it's actually the updated version of the game and not not yeah. the previous generation. Um, right. And that game was one where everyone had very 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 high aspirations. I mean, when the studio is re- representative of like a part of Poland's GDP, like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard to not feel the the extremeness of of the, that anticipation. And and of course, you know, like almost everybody was was extremely disappointed, and I was one of like the five people in the cosmos who was like, "Yeah, this game is janky." <laughs> <laughs> you were excited about I about was, it being bad, and I didn't understand what that was. It was like it, it was like something about like whenever whenever everyone in the room is really excited for something, it's no longer personally owned by you. Yeah, and when everyone yes, is disappointed that. by something, you can like walk into it and and and, and like experience its face value, huh? Yeah. And when I yes. walked into that room, it was like it took me back to the year two thousand when I played Deus Ex for the first time on a Ruby mm-hmm. iMac that had ten gig gigabytes of uh, hard drive space, 
and had five minute load times. And every time that I got into combat in that game, it turned into a literal slideshow. And I learned how Mm -hmm. to play it as a stealthy, uh, non-lethal player, not because of uh, any other reason than if the enemy AI got triggered, the game just slowed down like crazy. Uh, So to, to play a game that had really, really inconsistent frame rates and... To have <laughs> and to have absolutely abysmal, miserable load times, and and to just literally like have like characters walking through cars and buildings, like I I, I was like, this is this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took me, it took me back. It was nostalgic. But for you, like hype inevitably ends in disappointment. Is that? Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the idea? There, there's only there's only two, there's three ways okay. that I can end. I can think of uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps was one of those games. Where it wasn't on any either extreme for me, it wasn't it wasn't disappointing, and it wasn't mind blowing. It was exactly exactly. I had the same experience with Celeste. I was like anticipating Celeste for years, and then when I played through it, I was like, "This is exactly what I anticipated," and that's like weirdly destabilizing. Like like when your when your hope actually like <laughs> literally meets at the point you're like. I feel nothing. Why do I feel nothing? <laughs> I feel nothing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. You you feel a numbness from from. It, it's like it's like yes. It it. Uh, I'm not surprised or delighted by this. I'm just experiencing. Yeah, I'm it's expecting. it's like you you expect yeah. to have. I mean, we are people of contrast. We expect. Uh, I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for like our immediate sphere as as Americans. I guess is that like we experience our emotional range from contrast. If someone else in the room is feeling down and we feel more excited, like we're aware of how excited we feel. If we're like both down, we're no one is paying attention to one another's emotions. You know, like that's that's so miserable, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so sad to think about. <laughs> The fact that like we most feel our, our our best when other people feel their worst around us, or or is at a least sad or at idea. least our I mean like elevated excitement to the point like if everyone in the room is excited about something, and and you can feel that with them, that's great. Like that that is that is legitimately great. Mm-hmm. It's just like I I feel like for me as uh, I guess as as a person like I've always been kind of like a contrast oriented person, so I like. Uh, identify with however I feel different from other people, and when I feel the yeah. exact same as, as as uh, yeah, and in that hype cycle, it's it's that that hype cycle of like this was exactly what I wanted and what I hoped for, and um, that can also feel strangely flat at times. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. you know, of course, at the at that exact same extreme of uh, of of when everyone else is disappointed and the 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 general gamer consensus is like, wow, No Man's Sky really sucks now that it's out and it's like well of course that's that that narrative has changed over the past six years um but uh when when it came out i was like oh sweet everyone hates it i'm gonna go check it out <laughs> but all this talk about hype and how how yeah. it's probably bad your job is kind of to generate hype is it not uh i've always i i come back i, I go back to that dragon cancer as an example like for, for me it's mm-hmm. it's always about the ethics of meaningful marketing um like like marketing is about getting people appropriately excited about what you're making and making sure that you're you're not being over promised in any way shape or form so i think that that's what happened with the initial uh marketing of no man's sky is that they were like look at what this game is going to be in six years (laughs) 
yeah, it was about potential. It was about potential, and, and, not, and which makes sense. Like you can imagine thinking that's okay yeah, to tell people. Yeah, it's, and I mean, like if if if, if people in, could anticipate that, like when they go out to the physical store and buy a hard copy of the game, that it's going to be better in six years than the moment that they buy it. Um, mm-hmm. But but it, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to implant that concept in people. Um, and so I I think that for me the main thing that I'm always most concerned about is how do I get people to be appreciative of the implicit nature of what this experience presently is. Um, And that's why I I generally don't prefer to do uh, announcement trailers, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, at least not for games that aren't, you know, very far along already and that we're just finally getting to the point where they're being announced. And announcement trailers, that's just like, they're, they're literally the hardest kind of trailer to make. Yeah. Because the game doesn't technically exist, is that the the reason? There's just so many factors. It might not exist. It might barely exist. It might, sure. You know, like it's on a lot of people within the actual development process to figure out is it ready to be shown, um, and yeah. that's like that's this huge crystal ball like exhausting machine of of trying to discern. Um, yeah. But if it is really ready and say, for example, a game is about to come out in like four months and you're like just now going to, to announce that, that's usually your ideal scenario because you have plenty to work with and you know what exactly it's going to be. Do you ever find yourself sort of pushing, I don't know, I'm going to I'm gonna beg you to be honest here. So do you ever find yourself pushing an emotion that you're not feeling, right? Uh. Or do you ever find yourself like trying to, trying to, to I mean... You can't like every game. That's just the bottom hmm. line, though. I will admit, I, I, I have to say this. I'm going to give you a little bit of an out because Devolver has very few misses, in my opinion. I, I almost always am willing to buy a Devolver game because they're just always yeah, great yeah. somehow. I don't know how any – I've never seen any other publisher do it that way. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how they do it. But um, do you ever find yourself, at, if at the very least, like struggling to feel what you f- want the, the, the viewer oh, to feel? absolutely. Um there was a time that I let a developer down. Um, mm. I, I, I fulfilled our contract. I did everything that I needed to. I think that the trailer that we made was was very, very satisfactory in accomplishing the goals that we set out to do. But it was like right at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and I had just mm. lost someone very close to me. And mm. I was out of my damn mind. Um <laughs> And I didn't realize that the game that we were making a trailer for, um, I was more excited to work with the team and who they were and where they were coming from than the game itself. Mm. And it was very hard for me to maintain my joy and excitement over the, this was an announcement trailer and I didn't know what was happening. And this one month project turned into like a four month project and I just didn't have that same joy at the end of those four months. Um, yeah. And so uh, that was very, very, very painful. And I needed I needed their art director's help to to pay off some of my animation work just because it was just it was just so hard. And I just couldn't I just lost my heart for it. Um, well, w- what strikes me is when, when you said like you were going through a hard time yourself. Yeah. Um, just the pandemic is enough. But when you're going through this other stuff. I remember, you may actually remember this, but I remember when we were writing for Game Church, I went through a phase where I was having a really hard time personally, and I was not self-conscious enough to realize this was happening, but I started to hate every game, and I was writing just brutal reviews of all of these, like, 
Abzu was a big one. And so the, the designer reached out and it was furious. I still kind of stand by a lot of what I wrote. Sure, like, sure. I think it's all about, you know, this when you, you can't do this when you're doing your job, but you can do this when you're a critic. Yeah. It's all about perspective, right, right? right? And so there's a lot of times when you're playing games and you are just not able to feel it. The things that can hit you as beautiful instead hit you as pretentious or overwrought or whatever. And I, it does, the point I guess I'm making is that that would be really hard if you're in a position where you actually do have to feel it. <laughs> like you have to, you have to, there's no choice. So, yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Is um, if... <laughs> Uh, another time, like like we 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 experienced uh, my wife and I uh, obviously more her than me, but we we experienced uh, a miscarriage, um, mm. and I uh, I just needed to stop making uh, game trailers for a month or a couple weeks or something, and I just told all my wow. clients I was like, you know, we've 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 experienced this loss, and it's just like it just it just hit hard, um, mm. and uh, giving yourself space and patience to deal with those things. I think yeah. is is absolutely essential and recognizing when uh, you're in a, in a bad place at a bad time and things aren't your best work or aren't able to come through, I think is, you know, how how we as as as, as people in this game space can can value one another is like, you know, yeah. if someone loses is experiencing loss or is, is experiencing mental health issues like to just consistently really, really value others over ourselves, even if the deadlines are, uh, are, are encroaching um, and trying to find ways yeah. to, to make space for one another. It's hard to have that hobby tied to your, to your job too, where like for me, when I'm depressed, um, like my normal everyday life, I'm like itching to play games. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing I do at night. I wish I could have more time to do mm -hmm. it. I want to do it all the time. And then when I'm depressed, I have, I have no satisfaction or energy for it. I, I just do, do not want to do mm -hmm. it. And I, I'm curious if you felt that way or if it, if, it, if it was the, there was a coping thing where you, you actually got satisfaction out of it at a dark time. Was that during that period? Uh, um, I say that almost all of the time I, want to and enjoy playing video games um mm -hmm. but there are times uh like the extreme stress of these holidays where everyone was getting covid and i'm trying to protect my kids from getting it and mm -hmm. uh i felt i fell into like like i i felt so bad like i didn't want to play video games and i i never feel that bad you know like right right <laughs> That's um, when you know it's bad. Yeah. This is so weird, but that's when you know it's bad, yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or or when you're just not able like like I, I recognize also like part of part of pandemic fatigue is is you know like you don't you just don't generally enjoy every vi you know like like yeah. if if I could give literally any video game that came out today to, you know, like 17-year-old me, like he would have been all over it. Um and loved every single second <laughs> of it, but like yeah. If you were to give me any anything but exactly the best video game right now, I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there yeah. there's the tolerance thing. That's just, that that is really jacked up high. That's why I I am enjoying Sifu is because it's like, it's like uh, the the most effective criticism against video games is that you're always searching for that new that new highest level of tension, and so that's Sifu right now. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Okay. So for the last question, I don't know if you've heard of the feelings wheel. No. It's something that 
therapists often use. Mm -hmm. It's basically a big, colorful wheel with very simple emotions in the very center. Mm -hmm. Happy, surprised, bad, fearful, angry, disgusted, sad. And then around it, like those those emotions break out into more complex emotions within those emotions. So in in uh, fearful, they're scared, anxious, insecure, weak, rejected, threatened, for mm -hmm. instance. And then those emotions are broken down. Each one has two more specific ones. So under scared, it's as helpless or frightened. Under weak, it's worthless and insignificant. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the feelings wheel, mm -hmm. and we're going to land on a feeling. And I want you to tell me um, a game that has made you feel that feeling or a moment in a game that has made you feel that okay. feeling and tell me All right. about it. <laughs> I literally made I literally made a, a wheel. Yes. We landed on confident. Confident. Oh man. What's a game that's made you feel confident? So just so you know, just for context, confident is a subset of, of proud, yeah. which is a subset of happy. If that helps. Yeah, um this is this is not the game that I I don't know why my uh, at first, I'm like, I don't know why my mind is going here, but I know the exact scene why I'm going here. So there's the scene in the game Control called the Ashtray mm. Maze, in which by this point, you're kind of like fully powered up. Uh, you got all the powers and this song kicks in. The actual like room starts unfolding in front of you in this like fascinating uh i don't like i, I want to say like i'm a, a russian doll sort of transformer like as as, as, a, as a house um and as this is all and it's all happening to the tempo and, and and feeling of the song and so you're if you're playing through this game for the most part there's some parts where it gets really really hard but this section is almost perfectly tuned to be challenging but you're probably going to get through it on your first or second or third try. And when when Jessie is using all of her powers and, you know, Just use, yeah, using all, using all of her powers, using the the various forms of, of her service weapon um, to to control this. All while the music is kicking up, like it's like I I I feel like I get what this game is, and I feel like I am this boss lady. That was awesome. Josh is obviously right. Hype, as we know it, kind of inevitably leads to disappointment. And this is something I really hadn't anticipated or thought of until he brought it up. And I've seen that in my own life in retrospect, which is why that feeling of confidence and control, that feeling you're really onto something good, that's not something you can plan for. In life and in video games, the feeling that you're nailing it, that you're finally cracked it, is a gift we stumble onto. It's not something we demand or sort of like wait patiently to arrive. Usually, it comes out of nowhere. more of Joshua's trailers, check out Devolver.com or the Devolver YouTube channel. 
Video Game Feelings is an Area Code production. You can find out more at areacodeaudio.com. It's produced, written, and hosted by me, Richard Clark. Associate producer is Ashley Whitehurst. Our theme music is by Bruce Holtman. This is an Area Code podcast.